We've gone back in time to the 1500s. We've played death row baseball games. We've gone through urban legends. And I've been your master of ceremonies the whole way. My name is Jacko. And ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, it's all Hallow's Eve with Wicked and Grim. Holy shit. That that was something. <laughs> that was something. How's it going, guys? I hope Jacko, you sound excited. We're happy you're here. Thank you very He's much. Pumped. No shit. Well, I mean, it's a big day. This it's, is the day. It's fucking Halloween. This is the day we've been counting down to. It's no longer the final countdown. <gasps> it's here. It's a little sad. It is. But it's also really freaking exciting. But that means we get all the candy. We get all the relaxing and spectacular movies on TV. Boom. The, the, the cool kids, hopefully without black eyes knocking on our front door. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You stoked? I'm pretty stoked. Speaking of candy, where is the candy? I know. We actually have it downstairs in preparation. <sighs> I don't actually hope that we, we're not going to, like, we kind of live in the middle of nowhere, so I'm kind of expecting and hoping that we don't get. There's one child that I know of that's coming. Other than that, <laughs> I'm hoping there's none because I'll probably pee my pants. Well, we're, we're ready with little tiny liquor bottles, too, for any adult friends who stop by. <laughs> oh, my god! Most likely my parents. So yeah. we're ready for that just in case. Yep, that's who it's going to be. Oh, and also you guys got to check out our Instagram because we carved a Stay Wicked Jack-O-Lantern. <gasps> so cool. It's dope. I love it. Oh man, we've just had like the most fun this Halloween ever. We I, have. I just, I'm really into it. <laughs> we got super drunk and recorded ourselves doing a podcast for our patrons. Yep, and that's up now. That's up, so you can go watch that if you're an all-access patron. I actually need to watch it from start to finish, but it might be cringy for me to yeah. watch. I don't know. You, you don't remember much from it, do you? I remember a bit. <laughs> a bit. That's I remember. Good. That's good. I think. You think. <laughs> so yeah, this is the last day, which is super cool. So I'm going to just like dive right in. Let's do it. What ready? do you got for us? <laughs> yeah, and I'm actually curious if anyone guessed because we kind of dropped some hints. But we did have someone on Instagram guess, actually. Oh, did they? They did. You, what do you mean? You didn't see it? I'm pretty sure you saw did it. Did I didn't see you? it? You did. Hold on. I'm gonna go go find it. Okay. See see where it is. See who it was. I'm I'm 90 sure I slid it across the table and showed you, and you're like, oh yeah, cool. Oh me, yeah yeah yeah. Sorry. Oh yeah me yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I'm terrible. I just, my memory is just going here. It's Zunga.love. Oh, okay. What did yeah. they say again? They said, tomorrow's guess, dot, 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 Amityville Horror. Okay. They're smart. That's yep. good. And they also said hi from the coast of BC in Powell <gasps> River. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is so fun. So Love from that. British Columbian to British Columbian, you nailed it. You got it right. It's Amityville Horror. Boom. Nicole. Lay it on us. Okay. So it was November 13th, 1974. I feel like this is like a newer case from ones that we've been doing. Comparatively, anyway. yeah. Um, when Ronald DeFeo Sr., age 43, his wife Louise, age 42, and their children Dawn, 18, Allison, 13, Mark, 11, and John, 9, were all shot dead. Damn. This is the Amityville murders and the tales 
that would follow. This is such a fucked up case. I know. It was actually like a little bit fucked up to research too because there's like a lot out there. And then it kind of just is like, oh my gosh, am I going to like do this justice? You know, like there's, there's like so much out there, there about is, this. Like you it's could, really famous. You could probably talk about this case for, for a, a week, day. a week straight. That's yeah. my bet. Oh yeah. So obviously there's, <clears throat> we can't cover everything because that would mean it was like an eight hour podcast maybe. So the evening of November 13th, Ronald DeFeo Jr. or Butch, as people referred to him by, he entered a nearby Amneville bar telling people his parents had been shot inside their home. Followed back to his house by several bar pat patrons, the police were eventually called to 112 Ocean Avenue where the bodies of six DeFeo family members lay dead. Butch claiming the murders were a mob hit. This, however, was not a mob hit. As police began to gather evidence, but Butch's testimony was no longer making sense, and when they questioned him about it, he crumbled and confessed to committing the crimes himself, saying, Once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. Which is like, holy fuck, like you just murdered your entire family and that's what you have to say? No kidding. <laughs> I just, you know, it's it's like fucking Lay's potato chips. I bet you can't just have one. You know, I killed one. I, I yeah, had to do it like all. Yeah, that's just like mortifying to me. That's, like that's your family. Fucking what the terrifying. Hell? Like your siblings. No kidding. I don't know why. Like for some reason it seems like worse to me that it's the siblings. Not that it's like... I don't know, like they're little, his little siblings, like, yeah. oh my gosh, I don't know. So using a 35 millimeter Marlin rifle in the early mornings, early morning hours, 23 year old Butch murdered his entire family while they were in their beds. He entered his. Sorry. Oh. I need to correct myself because I helped you with that note on the gun. It's oh. not 35 millimeter. It's a 35 caliber. Oh, caliber. My sorry. Apologies. That, no, I know. That's yeah, my sorry. mistake. Yeah, I was like, I, I don't know my weapons like whatsoever. I'll be the first to admit that. And I'm okay with that, actually. But it could be something I learn, I guess. Uh, so he entered his parents' bedroom first, shooting each of them twice. He then entered his brother's bedroom, shooting them each once in their beds. And the same in his sister's bedroom. All the murders took place within 15 minutes. He then showered, dressed for work, and dumped his bloody clothing and the murder weapon weapon in a storm drain on his way to work at the family car dealership at about 6 a.m. God, I just, for some reason, I'm like, the shower after you do something so horrific it just not, gets me. It's not know. the shower that gets me. It's the putting on clean clothes and acting like it never happened. That's what gets me. Well, yeah, like he would be getting ready in that fucking house and like all of his family is just like dead in their bed. Yep. Like, that's messed up. Mm -hmm. And he's the one who pulled the trigger. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Hopefully Breathe. we can get through this because it's just, like, so much. Okay. So, oddly enough, all six, six victims were found face down in their beds as though placed that way with no signs of struggle. And neighbors did not report hearing any gunshots being fired, even though the rifle Butch used had not been fitted with a silencer. Apparently, there was evidence found at the crime scene that the family also may have been drugged, 
with a sedative, but no evidence of sedatives were found in the autopsy. So I feel like those are like a kind of some weird things that happened. Definitely. I mean, if there's no sedative in their system, then I mean, you might not find it in one or two, but to not find it in any of the family most likely points to the fact that they were not sedated. Um, so over the time span of 15 minutes, they're all shot and like, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of weird shit there. I know. I feel like that's so weird. Uh, and then just the fact too, like they had neighbors and the neighbors didn't hear this. Yeah. No one heard it. Cause that's, cause we've talked about this before, but that's not like, that wasn't the gun that's super quiet, right? Yeah. 22 is really is quiet. The quiet one. Yeah. Because so. it's really small caliber. It's really small amount of gunpowder with it generally. And it's, it doesn't make much of a noise, but this is, this is essentially a hunting. Well, this is a hunting rifle. This is big enough to take down a deer. Holy. So it would make some noise. Yeah. Okay. So, but why? Like, why would, why would Butch do this? So there's a few stories. One being, and this one was brought up in court by Butch's lawyers, that he heard voices telling him his family was plotting against him and that he had to murder them out of self-defense. Another one being that it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows in the DeFeo household. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail with this, but in short, Butch didn't have the best relationship with his father, who could have, who could be described as hot-tempered, with a short fuse, and potentially abusive. Fuck that guy. I hate abusive people. I know. Like, especially, like, parents, right? Like, so this causing Butch to grow into somewhat troubled young adult with reports he, of him becoming addicted to drugs and alcohol and at times lashing out. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> at his family. Sorry. Was that intentional? Nope. <laughs> I'm drinking a nice coffee. It's at, I was like, are you, you're, you're living your best life over there drinking chocolate milk, but it's not chocolate milk. It looks like chocolate milk, though. It does a bit. And finally, there were other reports that he could have been after the insurance money, which is like always a motive for so many oh, shit yeah. things that happen in this world, which is fucked up. They, they say money is the root of all evil, right? So yeah. Money rules the world. In court, Butch's insanity insanity plea was not accepted, and he was convicted of second-degree murder in November 1975 and sentenced to six sentences of 25 years in life or to life in prison. So he was like in the telly daily dad. So six, 25 years? That's 150 years to life. Yeah. Fuck. So, however, though, he did die, and he died... In 2021, which is interesting. So in March, and I don't remember even this coming up. Like, you think that this would have been, like, in the news, right? Yeah, no know. shit. So he died in March. So he died in custody in March 2021. I couldn't find out why. It didn't seem like it was released or anything. So I don't know if it was, like, old age. He was shy of turning 70. I wonder if it was COVID-related. It could have been. Or, like, maybe he had, like, cancer or something, right? And yeah. Who knows? Um, okay, so now we know what happened to Butch, but what happened to the beautiful, large Dutch colonial house located at 112 Ocean Avenue that now had quite a looming history uh, of I, its own? I don't know. Do tell. What, what happened? What did happen to it? Well, it laid vacant for just over a year until December 18th, 1975, when a couple, George and Kathy Lutz... Lutz. Lutz. I'm going to say their name wrong. Lutz. 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 
You're going to say the last name Lutz wrong? Lots? Lutz. You're going to say it wrong? I'm going to say it wrong, Lots. <laughs> um, okay, so Kathy and George, um, with their three children and a dog, very important, would take a chance on it. George and Kathy were just married earlier that year, so George was the children's stepdad. They purchased the house for 80000 which was considered a bargain price. It sounded like it was a beautiful house, and from photos that I looked up, it also looked like an absolute beautiful house. Like, I'd want to live there. It is a gorgeous place. Like, it's beautiful. Like, I, I just think that I've never seen a house like it, to be honest. But also, like, you look at the house and you go inside. It looks like a house that someone's going to get murdered in. Oh, I didn't look <laughs> at any of the photos of it inside. It's it's just, it screams that old-timey house that you that someone dies oh, in. Oh, jeez. Uh, so it had five bedrooms, was built in Dutch colonial style, like I had mentioned, had a distinctive um, gambrel roof, a swimming pool, and a boathouse as it was located on a canal. And included in the sale of the house was an additional $400, um, oh, sorry, I read that really wrong. Okay, so additionally, $400 was included in the price and it included all of the DeFeo's furniture, which I feel like. Okay, to live in, like, the house that people were murdered in, I can, like, get over that. But to be living in the house and with all their shit? It's like, was someone shot on this bed or this couch or oh something? Oh, my God. I hope it didn't include the friggin', like, beds. Well, That's it, too much. I would assume not the mattresses, but you never know Even the frames. the frames I don't think I'd be okay with. Like, I don't, I don't know. Would you be okay? Okay. If you were literally, like, looking at a house... And they're like, oh, people got murdered in here. Like, literally, like, a whole family got murdered in here. And they were murdered by, like, a family member. Would you be like, okay. And, like, buy that house? Uh, it depends on the house. And depends on the deal we're getting. <laughs> but I don't know. But there, there's a high chance that I'd be like, fuck this shit, I'm out. I know. Like, you know. It would be a pretty high chance of that. Okay, well, this brings me to this. Actually, this is good timing. They were informed during the inspection process of the home's history. I almost think you have to legally inform oh. people of that, right? Oh, I think you do, yeah. Like if someone freaking got murdered, like I think you got to tell them. Yeah. Um, but they discussed it and they decided it wasn't an issue for them. For their price point, the house was a steal of a deal. So I mean like, okay, if say if you're like – can only really with your price afford like a two bedroom kind of thing. But then this house comes available because it's so good deal. Like that's a big difference of the Water kind of front house. at that. Like I know, like I could see it. It has I could see it. Like okay, sure. Maybe people have been murdered in this, but like it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Maybe maybe we don't even live in it for long because we we don't like the idea of that. But what if we buy it, like do some like renovations, flip the shit, make a shit ton of money. And then go buy a nicer house than yeah. what we could afford before. Totally. So put up with it for two years and then we move on. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah. Uh, so when a friend of George's learned of the history of the house, they insisted they needed to have it blessed. Which honestly, totally fair. Yeah. I would probably sage the shit out of that house. Oh, fuck yeah. I think if I bought it and just <clears throat> saged the shit out of the house, I'd be like more okay with it, to be honest. I would definitely be talking to all of our witchy friends and being like, who's got the most amount of sage and who wants to burn all of it in a house? Yeah. Let's do this. Let's just like all of it. Like, I, yeah, numerous times, I think. Yeah. 
So George, I can't even say that name, um, was a non-practicing methodologist. <laughs> Methodist. Methodist. I don't know. And I remember had, you asking me how to say that I word was like, like 20 how, minutes what ago. What is that even? And had no experience of what this would entail. Where Kathy was a non-practicing Catholic and explained the process. George knew a Catholic priest who agreed to carry out the house blessing. As he was at the house performing his blessing, George and Kathy were at the house unpacking their belongings. It's reported that at one point while performing his blessing, he heard a masculine voice demand that he get out. Fuck. Could you imagine? <gasps> I think I would I would just be. Yeah. <laughs> like I just wouldn't I would I kind of want to like experience something like that, but I just don't know how it handles. You it. want to experience that? In a sense. Okay, you ready for it? Ready? Get out. There. No. <laughs> you no. get out. Okay, okay. I'll peace out. You you do the podcast. I'm gonna go oh eat candy gosh. downstairs. Oh yeah, that'd be the life. Eh? We also have apple pie, which is pretty <clears throat> pretty awesome. Fuck yeah. Um. Okay. So he did not mention this to George and Kathy as he was leaving, which I was like, what the frig? Uh. Though about a week later, on December 24th, which is a terrible day to announce something shitty. What day? Sorry, December 24th. Yeah. Christmas Eve. Christmas yeah. Eve. Like. Wait till the 26th. Merry Christmas. Oh, by the way, here's some shit news. Yeah, enjoy your Christmas day. Uh, like, oh fuck. My gosh. Merry Christmas to you, pal. I know, like, like they're going to be able to enjoy their Christmas day. Right. The father called George and advised him to stay out of the second floor room where he had heard this mysterious voice. Also. Maybe it was Santa Claus in the chimney. That said, get out? Yeah, he's like, you're not supposed to see me. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, but he was there like a week earlier, dude. Oh, well, there goes that theory. <laughs> Fuck. Never mind. I don't think it was Santa. But that is something Santa could say. Get out. Well, in a nice way. Maybe not this mean masculine In a voice. nice way? Get out? Get out, please. But it doesn't say please. It just says get out. Get out. Would you mind getting out? <laughs> All of a sudden, you're in an English accent. <laughs> okay, so also following the priest's visit to the house, he allegedly developed a high fever and blisters on his hands, similar to stigmata, which is the appearance. Oh, sorry, what? looking. At, which is the appearance of bodily wounds, scars, and pain in the locations corresponding to the crucifix, crucifixion wounds of Jesus Fuck. Christ. See, I didn't know about that part. See, that's like fucked up. Yeah. So, like this shit, like did something to this priest guy. No shit. Okay, so initially, where am I here? Initially, George and Kathy experienced experienced nothing unusual in their home. But unfortunately, that was short-lived. And just 28 days after moving in, the Lutz family fled their house, claiming to have been terrorized by paranormal activity while living there. See, that's one thing that you're never going to find me um, enduring. I will never be terrorized by paranormal activity. Like the first time it happened, you're out? Yeah, like, fuck this. Peace the fuck out. Nope. But that's your house. Like they invested your time Not and money anymore. into that. It's their house now. <laughs> also, if I fucking run the second I hear a fucking something get knocked off or a cupboard door slamming on its own, all I have to do is be all like, now I'm selling the house. I have no knowledge of being terrorized by fucking ghosts. Gosh. I heard there was a cupboard close There's once. One it was just thing. a breeze. Okay, you more know? than one thing would have to happen for you to go to that extreme because like, it just could be like something weird, right? 
I think at least like three things have to happen, well, in my opinion. Yes, three things. Because once shit happens, twice it's a coincidence. Three times is a pattern. Mm-hmm. So I think it has to be three, not just one. You're yeah. out. Okay. okay but as soon as I, as soon as I have that, I know it's a pattern. <laughs> like, I know it's a ghost. I'm fucking gone. As soon as you have it solidified, your your peace. Yes. Where's Ben? I don't know. Standing on the would, front lawn. Would you be taking me with you or you don't even care? You're just gone. I'm, I'm taking whatever is on my body. It's, I'll be standing on the front lawn in my fucking underwear if I have to. I don't give a shit. Holy frig. I mean, I could honestly see that happening though. There's, me standing on the front lawn in my underwear? Yeah. Well, I could see that happening. But I also could just see like how like lots of shit, bad shit happens in houses sometimes. Or not even like bad shit, but people just like passing away, right? Like I just think it's, I can see houses being haunted easily. Oh yeah. So... Um, okay, so what happened to George and Kathy? So, well, George was said to wake up at 3.15 basically every morning, not every, but pretty much almost every morning, which is around the time that Butch carried out his murders and also a time known as witching hour. Mm-hmm. And witching hour is a time of night that is associated with high paranormal activity. Yeah. See, like, I almost, like, so get nervous now if I wake up in the middle of the night and I have to look at the fucking clock to see what time it is. If it's, like, in the three, I'm like, no. If it's three o'clock when I wake up in the morning, middle night or whatever, if I see it's three o'clock, immediately my eyes get shut. That's it. I just, nope. (laughs) I don't care if I'm still wide awake. My eyes get closed. Oh, my gosh. Ah. Okay. Also, the Lutz family claimed to have smelled strange odors. See green oozing slime or green slime oozing out of the walls and keyholes and experience cold spots in certain areas of the house. I'm freaking freezing right now. So I'm like the cold spots, whatever. That just happens. (laughs) Some doors would be would begin opening and closing on their own. A knife was known to be knocked down in the kitchen onto the floor. George at one point entered a room and found it swarming with flies that would continue to torment the family. See, that's disgusting. That is. And of course, their youngest, Jody, or sorry, their youngest child would suddenly make friends with an imaginary friend named Jody. Yeah. Which, I don't know, kids have imaginary friends, but it's just like, that's a lot of things. Yeah. I get and sus- we're not even done. I get suspicious as soon as a kid not has an imaginary friend, but as soon as the kid is interacting with an imaginary friend. Because be like, oh, yeah, I have an imaginary friend. Yeah, yeah, cool, sure. As soon as there's something where it's like, oh, yeah, my friend is over here playing with me. Fucking nope. <laughs> okay, I, I don't know if that would bother me yet. Because it's just like their imagination. They're exploring things and they're just like wanting a little friend with them all the time. I mean, but honestly, I I could see it being ghosts often. Yeah. Because kids are more susceptible to that too, right? Apparently, Paranormal yeah. activity, so... Um, okay, so the most messed up piece of all, as if this shit hasn't been bad enough yet, there are claims of a pig-like creature with red eyes staring down at George and his son Daniel from a window. Yeah, that's fucking... Okay, uh, that would only have to happen once. There would have to be no other two paranormal things happening. That happened, I'm out. See, if I came home and I was standing in the driveway and I look up and I see a fucking pig-like creature standing in the fucking window staring down at me, my first thought would be, fuck, you picked up an animal on the road. What, what do we have for a pet now? Oh my gosh, like <laughs> I've even ever 
done that. You've talked about it every time oh, you see yeah, an animal. Because most of our animals have been purchased by you. It's my turn. I want to buy something. Yeah, but I purchased them for you. <laughs> What's the difference? Oh my gosh. Where are we here? Look at us go. Okay. Finally, George is said to have woken up to his wife, Kathy, levitating off their bed. Okay, now that is freaking terrifying. There's also been things, I didn't even have it written down, where, like, he would look at her and she would, like, just age, kind of, too, while she was in bed. Like, all of a sudden you're laying, like, next to your 30-year-old wife, but then she looks like she's 80 years old. How do you put up with this sort of stuff? Like For for, that, for 28 days? Well, it wasn't 28 days. 28 days isn't that long. Yeah, but how do you put up with it for more than a day? You well, I see think it progresses a, usually, right? Yeah, but progressing from, okay, if you have green ooze leaking from your fucking walls, you're like, uh, let's fucking see if it stops and hope it's gone in the morning. You see a pig-like demon creature in your fucking window. Yeah, I'll just sleep this off too. Maybe it'll be gone tomorrow. Oh my your gosh. wife is levitating beside you and aged 50 years. Uh, maybe she just has a headache. Like what? Yeah, that it is a lot. Because their sons, Daniel and Christopher, apparently have had also events where they were levitating in their bed. Like they're your children. Like that's terrifying. Kids stop levitating in your beds. Like fuck. See you in the morning. So eventually after 28 days of torment, the family had enough and fled the house. There you go. 28 days. I feel like that's like a strong family. No shit. Uh, some research would go on to tell about the house, the house being built on ancient, um, enclosure of the sick, mad, and dying, oper- operated by the the Shinnecock Indian Nation. However, no his no such history has ever been proven or discovered by historians. And the Shinnecock, I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Indian Nation apparently never even resided in the area. So I don't know. That was one little theory i guess well there, there's lots of stories that i've heard of it being like buried on the or built yeah. on this burial ground stuff so that it could be caused by that not even necessarily like the murders yeah right so the fact that it's actually been like debunked by historians is actually quite a big deal so. mm-hmm. um there were some claims of uh hoof prints in the snow on January 1st. Well, there's your pig creature. 1976, which is most likely from that pig-like creature that they claim they have seen. But it was rejected by researcher researchers Mike Moran and Peter Jordan, who investigated their investigation revealed that there had actually been no snowfall that night. Oh, snap. But I mean, like, I'm sorry. I don't even take that. Because the amount of times where the weather network is fucking wrong. That's true. I don't even like, it's like, I feel like it's one job that you can be wrong like so much and still keep your job. Oh, yeah. I think it's expected that you're going to be wrong. Oh, well, especially here. Like it's lately. I'm doing a photo shoot. Nine times out of 10, I look at the weather, but then that the photo shoot, it's doing something completely different. So. It's like, oh, it's sunny today. So oh, there's like, three inches of snow out there. Maybe where they were at, it said there was no snow, but then at this people's house, there was snow. So yeah, I, that's I true. Know. So then the neighbor, though, so the neighbors of the, the Lutzes never reported anything unusual during the time that they were living there. So like neighbors not seeing anything. I mean, yeah. Not even someone running out of the house screaming, <laughs> standing in the front lawn in their underwear. <laughs> yeah, they didn't see anything weird, apparently. Huh. George, however, maintained 
that events written in the published book about the, their encounters were mostly true. In June 1979, George and Kathy took a polygraph test relating to their experience at the house. The polygraph tests were performed by two, I don't know, Chris Gugas, I think, <laughs> and Michael Rice, who at the time, though, this is important, were reportedly among the top five polygraph experts in America. The results, in their opinion, that they indicate they were not lying. See, that's some strong evidence. However, polygraphs are, like, not the most reliable source of material. They aren't, but then for, like the both of them to have come back that they weren't lying and these people like actually being like the top at their job. Yeah. I feel like something might've come of that if they were like just full out lying, you know, that's true. I, well, I don't know. It's I a tough know. one. I don't even, do they even use those nowadays? I think they do, but I don't even know if they're, they like, like stand in court. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. So now clear that clearly there are many people who question the validity, I can't even talk. Validity. The validity <laughs> of the Lutz story and the events surrounding the Amityville house. A main theory of what really happened is that the Lutz, Lutzes were in financial trouble and brewed the whole story up for money to sell to the public. Mm-hmm. Them sons of bitches. You never know. The Lutzes' former lawyer, William Weber who fell out with them over a money issue, came out in 1979, claiming the three of them came up with the whole horror story over many bottles of wine. I mean, that's some shit you could actually come up with over a few bottles of wine, for sure. I've come up with some dumber stuff, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Okay, so their son Daniel, however, claims the house ruined his life and that he continues to have nightmares to this day. But he also claims it was George who invited the mysterious and danger, dangerous forces into their lives due his, to his fascination and obsession with the o- occult. The occult, yeah. So that's something that I thought, thought thought was super interesting. Yeah, even his son is just like, it was real, but it was it's to blame to George. Yeah, it wasn't the house. It was George. Yeah, George opened those fucking doors. Kids, don't play with fucking demons and shit. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Put the Ouija boards away. Sage your fucking house. Don't invite shit in. Yeah. I do think that you can actually attract these things. Oh, yeah. I really do think that. So these claims and events all all appeared in Jay Anson's 1977 book, The Amityville Whore. The what? Amityville Whore. There you go. The Amityville (laughs) I talk too fast. I like mush my words together sometimes. So this also inspired the 1979 movie of the same title, which inspired many, many more movies. Mm -hmm. Since then, the story and the house has become a cult classic among horror fans. Yeah, it has. It really has. Um, So the Amityville House, also known as 112 Ocean Avenue, still exists, but has undergone some renovations, making it look quite a bit different. And the house, someone who was living in the house at one point, they actually changed the house number to 108 Ocean Avenue in order to discourage sightseers from visiting. None of the new owners, and there has been a few, have reported any paranormal activity but rather contending with horror movie fan- fanatics walking and driving by the house to get a glimpse of the famous 
at Amityville house. Yeah, I could see that. People I could drive see that by all the time. so much. And honestly, I would even not want to drive by. But I would feel bad like now reading that, right? Yeah. Well, I, I would definitely want to drive by. I'm not too sh- I would drive by still knowing reading that, but I would not like super slow down. I'd be like, okay, drive by real quick. Shit, I didn't get a picture. Drive by again. Like, you know? I honestly think I would like park a block or so away and then just like pretend like I was going through a, for a stroll. Yeah, maybe. Because then be, it's just like you're out in the neighborhood taking a walk. I mean, they're going to freaking know. Yeah, but be casual about it, you know? Yeah, don't. Because they, they would even say people would like knock on their door like in all hours of night. Like that's really? being an asshole. No shit. Like, like people are living there now. Like just leave them alone. Go could, look if you need to, but. Could you imagine living there in the Amityville house? Like actually buying it in this day and age and being like, this is the fucking Amityville house. I know. It'd be really cool. I think it's like worth a lot more now, but. Then also, I don't. I wouldn't want to live there just because of the people driving by and shit. That's that true. would bother yeah. bother me so much. Um, have you have I showed you the Amityville ghost photo? Did you come across it in your research? I didn't actually. Really? No. Because it's like one of the most prolific ghost photos, like out there to date for any sort of like ghost hunters or paranormal activity stuff. Oh, okay. Um, I was looking at the house, but. That's it there. With the, oh my gosh. Okay. Actually, I have seen that. That is terrifying as shit. If you haven't seen it, look it up. The Amityville ghost photo. It's of, oh, maybe we'll post it on our Instagram. Or yeah, I could even put it in the story if I don't post it on um, the feed. So a ghost hunter was in the house, set up a bunch of cameras and stuff. And supposedly there was no one in the house at the time this photo was taken. And there is a young boy peeking out of a bedroom. And gosh. it's um, thought to be uh, one of the kids that was shot in the original incident when uh, like the murders yeah when what's his name went through and killed his family well yeah because that little boy looks to be about like nine well because there was um i'm just looking back here there was mark who was 11 and john who was nine. Oh, okay um hold on i don't want to like take time to read through this and figure it out um who they think it is uh yeah i can't see who they think it is but i'm sure you could find out in and find who they suspect yeah. it to be. Interesting, hey? Yeah. But it's a creepy ass fucking photo. Yeah, that is so creepy. Yeah. It honestly looks like a real child just snuck in. Oh, yeah. Which it could be. Could be. You or never know. It could be, could be a doctored image. It could be like, oh, totally capture this image. And it's just like, yeah. hey, here's my son in the fucking photo or something. Like, yeah. You know? So anyway, that concludes Halloween week. That's that's Halloween week. It's done. Yeah, it's freaking done. It's over. Yeah. Shit. My gosh. So basically, I just wanted to say, I hope everyone freaking enjoyed the shit. No kidding. Out was, of that. It was fun putting it together, but man, like, it was a lot cool. of work. <laughs> and um, just to give everyone like time to catch up on it, we aren't going to be having a podcast out on Tuesday. Yeah. The, the second, but we will be back and we will have one on November 9th for y'all. Yes, we will. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. So get that breather. Catch up on all the episodes. If because I know some people are like shit behind, I'm having trouble keeping up now. Um, so take that extra week. Catch up on all the epic Halloween week, and catch us on on the next one. Yeah, on the ninth. And of course, find our socials all the way down in the description of this podcast: Instagram, Facebook, our website, Patreon, where you can go support us. We'd appreciate it. Yeah, we would. And we act, and we have the drunk, wicked, and grim uh video officially up so (laughs) yeah so you guys thank you so much and we're gonna pass things over to jacko to close us out yeah let's do it jacko it is unfortunate but all good things must come to an end 
And as the sun rises on the dawn of the next day, so does the flame flicker and fade within me. However, a flame can be reignited with but a single spark, so don't think you've heard the last of Jacko. Ladies, gentlemen, theys and thems, it has been a pure honor these past seven days as we explored the world of all things wicked and grim. But I must bid you adieu. I hope you enjoyed your time with us and you have a superb Halloween. Until we meet again, my friends, stay wicked.